Hello, this is Leslie Gartha Tenzer, and this is Legal Tenzer, casual conversations on noteworthy legal topics. ESG is a term that's been at the forefront of many conversations, so I thought it important to understand just what ESG means and its implications for both the business and the legal world. And to get a solid understanding, I turn to our next guest, Daryl Carbonaro, General Counsel to Generate Capital, which prioritizes support of sustainable infrastructure projects, and more importantly, one of my favorite former students. Thanks so much for joining me. This is a treat. I'm going to be honest and say that not only are you a successful attorney and um, corporate star, but you were my former client. And so, no, not my former client, my former student. And nothing can make me prouder. So it's really a pleasure to speak with you. Thanks for taking the time. Wow, that's a, I love hearing that. Thank you. Well, it's exciting. Um, so you got yourself into kind of the ESG space. And I think it's important to begin with explaining to the listeners what we mean when we talk about ESG. Yeah, I think ESG is like the, it's the one thing that lo- all lawyers can agree on is that it's all about how it gets defined. And I was sitting in a room a couple of months ago um, of a whole bunch of ESG professionals and it was clear there were like 40 people at a dinner and there was like, a, well, what does ESG mean to you? And these are people who identify as ESG and <laughs> they have 40 different answers. Okay. But I think the overall premise is that it's this, it's this other way to consider the activities of corporate entities, right? And so we hear a bunch about profit first or that it's all about the pecuniary interests of the shareholders of a corporation. And what ESG is trying to do is create some qualitative metrics around how businesses operate. And so, I mean, at the very core, it's environmental, it's social, and it's governance. So what's the impact the corporate activities are having on the environment? What are the impacts? What, what impact is it having on, on society? Um, mm-hmm. And what's the and and how is it operating from a governance perspective? And so I think the E part of it is probably the easiest one. And there's right. a whole bunch of legislation that has come out uh, and that continues to be proposed and revised and and challenged about carbon accounting and emissions and and all of the different claims that are or all of the different um, impacts that a company can have on on the environment. But when it comes to the S&G, it's a little bit more qualitative. And so what you're really looking for in social is what, what is the impact that it might be having on society and, and the people, right? So it's, it's its own employees, it's its customers. We think about them all as stakeholders. And, and how do you measure those, those? The measurement is really important because people like to see something qualitative reduced to something quantitative so that we can compare it one company to another. But um, it's really focused on what is it, what is it trying to do to society, the, the, the humans at large? And then, gee, the governance is making sure all of this is being done in a really clear, sustainable, disclosable uh, way that is consistent with all of the other approaches that the company is taking. And so it's really sort of the hardest one to figure out. And it's the one I think where lawyers really can have the greatest 
the greatest impact and the because it's it's where there's the greatest nuance. So, all right. So before we get to that, I'm, I have like a super basic question. Okay. I know that there are kind of ESG funds, right? That certain funds will, you know, you put your money in your fund and you know that this fund is kind of ESG driven, right? Is that fair to say? Yeah. Yeah. There are investment okay. products like that. Right. But is there like an ESG rating for certain companies? Like, let's say that, um, I don't know, Exxon, does Exxon kind of get an ESG rating by someone or... I guess I'm wondering how does yeah. ESG fit into the corporate structure? Well, as I said, like something they boast, like saying you're organic. Is it you know, like saying it's you're kind of like saying organic, you're organic? Is that kind of that? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think so. There, I, I said there were 40 people in that room, and they all measured it a little bit differently, and what's right. important to them, and and I think it, it's so dynamic right now, Leslie, that we have to be a little careful about finding a metric that we can use to measure it. And so we're not, we're not in a very stable place in terms of our own development around ESG as a, as a, as a community of investors, right? So there are these ESG funds, but you really, what you're relying on is somebody's understanding or, or somebody's, somebody's take on what ESG really is and how it matters and, and how do you sort of weigh one over the other? And so, yeah. like, I think, or like, it's it's interesting. I'm going to sort of bring it to something very, very like sort of pedestrian. You mentioned like organic foods, like it's a label, right? right. But there right. are ways that company that that farms can be certified organic, right? And we think, well, that's important too. That someone's gone there and checked it out, right? So it's sort of like thinking, well, do you want organic is important, but would you rather have something locally grown that's got a lower carbon footprint than something that's organically grown and flown over to you from another part of the world? And so all of a sudden, once you even just look at that example, you start getting a little bit, it starts to get a little bit like a number of balls in the air, because even though something might be organic, it has a larger carbon footprint. You don't know how the farmers or how the, the workers on the farms are being treated. Like all of a sudden you can start to think about all of the different elements that you would be concerned about rather than just organic. Mm -hmm. And so I think where I come down and I happen to live in a part of the country where people are really connected to this is that you want to find a sustainable farm, one that is organic, maybe, maybe not, but one that pays a fair wage to their farmers, doesn't to their workers, doesn't have a significant impact on the land and doesn't have a high carbon footprint. And so mm -hmm. like, as you start to think about that, ESG starts to whirl around and now you have to think, well, really, you have to, you have to have a relationship with the people you're giving your money to, if you're going to be an investor. Right. And if you right. are the, the investment advisor, you need to have a relationship with the companies that you're investing in on behalf of your clients. And so it it actually, it takes a lot of work. And so I would love to say, yeah, here's the rating and here it is. And one company got an A and that means that they can charge a higher rate <clears throat> versus another company that got a B. We're just, it's, it's right. not there. And I'm not even sure if that's sort of the goal. Right. Well, you know, it's so interesting. I spoke last week to, um, one of my colleagues who, while at Yale Law School, started a group where they rate law firms' carbon footprints, not just the law firm itself, but their clients. And their goal is to get lawyers not to accept jobs at some of the most 
egregious firms vis-a-vis kind of ruining the environment. And I think that one of the things I'm thinking as you say this is that there is a value added in ESG in that it appeals to people to kind of help work the system if they have kind of this higher goal. You know, when you say it's environmental, social, and governance, that's not just saving the environment, that's kind of saving society in some way. I mean, you know, I don't want to be that grand. Um, So, but I'm wondering what is the role of the lawyer um, in ESG, involved in ESG? Don't let people lie. I mean, it really is like, (laughs) don't let your clients lie or mislead. And I know mm-hmm. it sounds kind of like that's back to basics, but I think um, I think it's interesting. You know, I'm not. I mean, I'm I'm I'm, I'm not at a law firm anymore, and I, I haven't been for a while. But I clearly I engage with a number of law firms, and mm-hmm. it's sort of an interesting lens that you were just talking about. And I think we have to think about. I, I sometimes think about who are the other clients of law firms that I work with because I wonder if I want to be. It, it helps me understand who those lawyers are and what they value and and how they operate and what they've been exposed to, good and bad. But in terms of our role, I think it, there, there is, it comes to the basic tenet of helping your clients navigate what they say about ESG and hmm. helping them really put together goals for ESG that are, um, are doable. From, from my perspective, we have a number of, we have an ES, my company has an ESG policy and I'm on the ESG committee in part because like it helps me understand how what what we're actually how we fit in what we do with what we're saying to our investors and to the public. But mm-hmm. the other part is that I'm trying to incorporate into the processes within the company, mm-hmm. making sure we're that those values are spreading out into all areas of our business. And so we're an investment company. We take money in. We, from investors, we tell them what we're going to do with that money. But we um, we make investments with companies and acquiring assets, and we need to make sure that when we tell them we're we're going to avoid a certain amount of emissions, we need to make sure we have the data set up or or the the processes set up to um, collect that data. And so the lawyer can be there to. In fact, help the company decide. Well, what is it really able to say, and what are the what are the what are the process that we processes that we need to build in order to to collect the information? I'm, I also think that the lawyers have have started to take a bigger role in that because of the developments of some new corporate forms, and so there's something called a public benefit corporation which is designed in some ways, it's a Delaware, I think New York and California both have these new corporate structures and it's designed to embed into charters considering ESG principles alongside the pecuniary interests of shareholders. And lawyers can play a really active role in that. So it's, you know, it's really interesting. I'm going to go back to what you said about the 40 people in a room because it seems to me that there's no clear definition of what ESG is. So I guess the goal of the lawyer in a company is to make sure that the firm is meeting the missions of ESG as that firm defines ESG. Is that fair to say? 
right? So you need to make sure that you're defining it in a way that the, the market can understand because there are all these different ways of understanding it. Right. But they're also doing it in a way that that the company is aligned on. Because I think worse than having ESG principles that you aren't following is to have a like is to have a constant change on what you think ESG means for your company. Right. And that right. would be that maybe it's not worse, but I think it's like lawyers need to keep that consistency because you don't want to be reporting one year reporting on how much sustainable power, you know, how much uh, carbon free power that you've created. And the next year right. use some different metric like that doesn't all that can really do for investors is make them uncertain. And so in, in some ways, lawyers become a bit of the I don't want to say the source of truth, but some keeping everybody here faithful to what it was that we initially wanted to align on. Assuming Congress was functioning and could act, do you ever see them defining what E, what S, and what G mean? Because I think they did define what organic mean. I mean, to me, that just is such a good analogy, but do you ever see them creating kind of these guardrails for what ESG means so that when people hear that they're investing with an ESG fund, they kind of have some understanding of, of what that means? I really hope not. And the reason I say that is <laughs> yeah, that's it's not because yeah. of the dysfunction that you point out, but it, it's a little like maybe maybe what I maybe what it is 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 recognizing that I think about accounting principles, and we there accounting principles are pretty well established. I'm not an accountant, right? I, I know right. just enough to know when I need to call my <laughs> chief accounting officer, and but I I think I don't want Congress determining what that is. Now, I do understand like the SEC has certain requirements, but even the SEC relies on GAAP and they rely on other organizations, non-government organizations to provide some stability in those areas. But, mm -hmm. you know, GAAP has been around for such a long time and it constantly gets developed. But it's, it's some accounting principles are pretty well settled. I see ESG kind of coming in that way as well. I certainly think carbon accounting starts to go that way. California is requiring companies who operate here to start to address, to, to report on carbon accounting. And so reporting on it and the principles around it are, are a little bit different. But I, I think, and if I just, you, you didn't want to get grand a bit ago, but I'm going to get grand. Like if we really, really want to create a sustainable environment, if we really want to address climate change, I'm not sure that that dysfunctional institution is the one that we need to be, whose coattails we need to be on. Right, right. And so it needs to That's be, fair. it's a, it's, I don't want to make it seem like it's the private sector will solve the problem, but the private sector is just all of us, right? Mm -hmm. And it's mm -hmm. all of the empowered, enabled people in the world. Mm -hmm. And there's enough of us, and hopefully there's a critical mass of us, that we can actually address the problem far better than legislation can at this point. And it, and it's, it really is, it's a critical, it's a critical time. It's time critical. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, you, you raise good points in that, you know, if you have an interest in kind of wrangling in climate change, or you want to just kind of feel like you're doing something to make the world better, 
then associated yourself with an ESG firm, either by working for it or ad- by adjunct, is going to help change the world in a way. Sounds like, again, yeah. I'm being grand, but, but I think well, you're I mean, right. I mean, what, I mean, I don't know, like, what's what's the alternative? Like, you're not going to change the world? If, like, if you think that things aren't really going in the direction that you want them to, you have to be part of the solution. Right. And and that's why the ESG provides the vessel to help with that versus, and I think, and I, I'm going to go back again to what I referenced earlier, which is kind of this group at Yale. I can't remember their name. They Again, I did it on my last podcast, but, you know, it's time for law students to not just get a job, but to get a job that suits their kind of ethics, so to speak. And what I, what I mean by that is, you know, let's say you want to be an entertainment law. Well, no one gets an entertainment law. Very few people. You can still join a insurance law firm, but make sure that that insurance law firm is aligned with the values that matter to you. Yes. And I think that <laughs> I, I, um, I'm always surprised to hear that people didn't do that. There's I'm not. Uh, yeah. So I, I, I I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm not trying. I'm just looking at it from my own career, my own perspective. And I think it must be hard working for somebody, something that you don't believe in. It's hard enough right. to work on something that you do believe in. The idea that you have to do right. it for something you don't believe in. I don't, I don't know how you get right. up. And, yeah. As, and, as and, mental you know, as and, that sound. No, 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 it's true. And I just, I, I, I say to listeners, like, you're a valuable commodity. You know, it, it, you have as much power. Law firms need you as much as you need law firms. And I don't think that law students realize that. And that law firms are listening. You know, yeah. I, they yeah. listen to yeah. their to their junior associates, to their summer associates, because you know what? Like most of the people that are running a law firm are don't have the same ideas and don't have the same viewpoint that somebody who's 25 and coming out of law school. Yeah. I mean, it really is. I, I see it. there is a generational shift. I see it more and more as I become further generation for my students. Well, yeah. And like I'm trying to stay, I was trying to, trying to be, you know, in the same world, but I, but there's just, it's just my life experience and the history I live with is different. And, so, and, anyway. and young lawyers can have those impacts. And I think part yeah. of it is finding out how you can take what's important to you, apply it to the work that you, that you want to do and have that impact and know that, that you may not get it right the first time, but it is, I, I think what ESG is providing is that, like if we're living in a capitalist society, if what's really important to you is that you need to make money so you can pay your student loans off or you can have a nice house or you can go on vacation, that's all really important. But having that ESG element allows you to also recognize that the work that you do, what you travail at every day, can have a, a positive impact to, to growing a, a society that's going to be more comfortable and better, you know, better for all of us to live in. You know, and, and I think that's a really good point and one that we have to end on. This has been so interesting. I think that this is going to help students think more about, more about you know, choices and, and how they go forward. And for me, it was helpful because I throw around ESG and I never quite know what it means. And I feel like I know what it means a little better now. So you must have gotten some good education, Daryl, in law school. But thank you for taking the time to speak with me. I really appreciate it. it. It was it was my pleasure. I'll have to say these questions were much easier than the ones that you asked me when I was a student. 
So thank you very <laughs> well, much. At least, at least I have the team. at least I have the answers this time. Exactly. <laughs> so thanks again. You bet. So there you have it. Hope you enjoyed this episode. If you have a topic you'd like us to discuss, or a professor or attorney with whom you'd like me to speak, send us an email at legaltensor at westacademic.com and send us any suggestions you may have. We love getting feedback. Have a great day. This podcast was created in collaboration with West Academic. Additional episodes can be found on the West Academic Study Aids Collection. Students may already have access through their school subscription and can check with their law school library for access. For a limited time, Legal Tensor listeners can save 15% on titles on the West Academic Store with the promo code TENSOR15 at checkout. <laughs>